Hello, hello, and welcome back to OK Pause Podcast. I'm Moni. We're going to talk about Love is Blind, episodes 8 through 10. Please subscribe, share, and like, and let's get started, shall we? Okay, so here we are. So the show opens up. We're going to go ahead and get started with episode 8. And we open up with Colleen, and she's doing ballet. So remember, it ended off episode seven, where Colleen, well, excuse me, where Matt was talking to Bartise because he was upset that Colleen had went out with the girls, um, or she went to a bar, as he puts it, at 8 p.m., excuse me, at 2.30 in the morning on a Wednesday night. So that's where we pick up. So she's doing ballet, and she says that ballet is very therapeutic for her. She said that she was upset when she found out that he was upset as well because apparently he was blowing her phone up. And we're talking about Matt here. And when she came home, she came home to find that his bags were packed. And he was throwing a fit and he was having a hissy fit that she was out. And apparently what I'm realizing is that she's starting to second guess this whole thing because she's like, okay, something's just not right here. You know, we should be in an early honeymoon phase of our relationship. We just got engaged. We just had this great experience in the pod and we're having arguments and fights because he's insecure or maybe because he's also bringing a lot of baggage from his last relationship. But um, I can sense definitely from her that she is concerned and um, she's concerned about his emotional well-being and his temper and I think she's a little bit of that is that she's afraid that he can get angry right so I don't blame her now I'm one of those people who I know I've mentioned before that I try not to take sides I just like to kind of see where people are coming from and I'm one of those secondly who likes to give people a chance before I just start judging them I kind of like to see where a person is coming from before I start labeling them but I think After watching episodes 8 through 10, um, I'm thinking it is probably best, just in my opinion, that Colleen leaves the situation, but we'll see what happens because I am starting to feel a little bit concerned for her as well, as I really do think now that perhaps Matt isn't really over his last experience and he's still carrying a lot of drama or excuse me, a lot of baggage from his previous relationship. But anyway, we'll go into Nancy and Bartise next. So Bartise talks about, so the, he's in the living room and she's in the bedroom, if I'm not getting this wrong. And he's talking about the problems that they've had, right? And things that he's been worried about. And he says that the experience in Malibu was great. Well, the pod was great. The experience in Malibu was great. Uh, he was happy that he chose her. Uh, he is in love with her. Uh, But it's just that once they got home and um, all this other stuff started to um, expose itself in the real world, meaning, you know, finding out about the business partner who in the pod he thought was a realtor, come to find out is actually an ex who she has two properties with out of the five that she has. And then the topic about abortion, which also he feels kind of caught him off guard. So a lot of that weighed in on some of the issues that they were having. Nancy joins him because she comes from the bedroom. She was sitting on the bed and he was sitting on the couch and she joins him and she shared that, you know, during those times when they weren't really communicating and were having some issues that she cried. Uh, and she said that she feels that he wasn't there emotionally for her. 
and she shares why she was upset and why she was hurt and he did apologize in this moment and um, they decided to make a commitment to make it work so basically he shared in his apology again that you know he was just scared like a lot just kind of came to the surface you know in the real world when they came back home and it just kind of you know he had to take a step back for a second and say hey what wait a minute what's going on here um you know I, I thought we had talked about a lot of things you know but you know now some things are surfacing that we really didn't talk about and again granted they would have talked about everything in the pod for a week or two but he just figured that you know he wouldn't be surprised by anything i suppose but anyway that's where we are there um i will say though that i wish the best for them hopefully you know they'll find their way or they'll both do whatever they need to do to make one another make themselves happy is what I mean okay so we go on to SK and Raven now they are preparing to clean and um, what surprises me is that it, it seems as if SK is doing more of the cleaning than Raven um, I know that Raven did have a cloth and she was wiping down the chairs and I forgot what else she was doing and she was trying to put some flowers or roses in a stem and he was kind of cleaning the kitchen and he was sweeping uh, but it seems that he was doing more I, I don't know why and uh, they talk about the difference in uh, their relationship compared to some of the other relationships uh, in the group right out of the five or six couples whatever it is and how she is not typically a traditional housewife and I guess she's kind of seeking to see if that's okay with him because I guess I'm assuming that well, no, I don't want to make that assumption, but I guess she's just saying, look, I'm not the typical traditional housewife. You know, if you want someone who's going to cook and clean and have dinner ready for you and have your laundry folded and all that other stuff, that's not really me. Now we can pay someone to do that stuff, <laughs> you know, um, in a sense, she really just wants to be taken care of. Uh, but also I'm kind of concerned whether or not she will make the investment in the two years that he needs to be away and go to school will she be totally faithful and committed will she do her part and allow him the time and space to really focus on his education um, so that way he can um, be able to you know build that financial security and be able to take care of, of her the way she wants but I also want to make sure that this is not a one-sided relationship you guys know what I mean I want to make sure that she's not just gaining from this but that he's also getting something out of this relationship other than just quote unquote a baddie as you know a housewife or as a trophy so they really need to look and weigh the measures of what they want from the other person that the other person understands what they're giving or losing right if that makes sense and also can they be happy with the results of whatever it is that they're getting out of that relationship and what they will be losing if that makes sense but uh but anyway yeah i was kind of wondering why she was struggling she said she can't even put simple roses in a vase i guess she was wondering like it's got too many leaves well yeah you just snip off the leaves and you know and make sure you snip off the little um i don't know what they're called the little the, the little part that where you can prick yourself but yeah but anyway so i just thought that was interesting i just made a note of that also um sk did say that you know he loves her regardless and he knows that she's not a traditional wife or to do or what would be a traditional housewife or a traditional nigerian housewife or whatever it is that he just meant when he said i know that you you're not a, you wouldn't be a traditional wife 
you've made that clear. Uh, and also, I noticed too, um, she said that she, she well, SK said that she is in for a rude awakening, that there are some basic needs as a husband that a man wants from his wife. And I was saying the same by verse, vice versa. My concern is I don't think she can do that. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So he thinks that he has a treasure uh, in Raven and he is not ready, I feel. And I put on here that he's going to learn today. So <laughs> he's basically saying he was, what he was saying in that moment is that he feels that having met her, having found her, he feels that she is a treasure, right? And he's lucky to have met her. And the experience that they've shared is one that, you know, they'll have for a lifetime, right? Because he won't share, you don't get to go to the pods a second time, right? Or make a second run at this. So either you, you do it the first time and you get it right, or, you know, that's that. But he feels that if anything, you know, she is a treasure and he knows her worth, but I was just kind of concerned, does he really know, if he decides to go all the way and, and, and marry her, does he know, is he really ready? Does he know what he's about to get into? Uh, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Now, <laughs> I just felt that sometimes with Raven, I feel like she's putting on a show or an act. And I mean this the best way possible. I'm not trying to shade her or anything. And I know I put on here, is she, is she going for an Oscar or an Emmy? <laughs> But this is all in lightheartedness and just fun. So we're going to go over to, and I want to apologize here, pause, because I've been saying Zanam, Zanam, Zanam. And I hate that in episode eight, I'm just catching the pronunciation of her name. But Zainab, or as Cole like to call her Z, or Zib, I'm not sure how he says it. But Zainab, so anyway, so they meet, um, or they go on a date, I'm assuming, at a bar, and he brings her flowers. And I can't remember what the last argument was that they had in episode seven. I mean, that is a few, uh, you know, anyway, this was last week. I just can't remember. But whatever it was, he brings her flowers and he apologizes. And, uh, and I can see Zenob has two looks. Well, you know, okay, pause for a second. <laughs> Zenob and who's the other person? Well, three. Zenob and Colleen and Nancy, they have looks in their eyes that you can tell what they're feeling. Zainab has a look of concern and she has a look of, okay, like, oh, I love you. Like, I'm willing to make this work. Colleen has a look of like, I'm scared shitless, right? And I don't know what to do. So she tries to communicate through her eyes, but she doesn't say a lot because remember they said she doesn't go deep. But she tries to talk to through her eyes, and I had noticed that. And then Nancy, her look is when her eyes squint a little closer. Think back when, I don't know what episode it was, but after the, everybody met each other for the first time, and her and, uh, what's his name, um, Bartice were in the bed talking, and he was going on and on about how Raven was a baddie, and she was looking at him with these eyes like they were squinting, squinting a little bit. That's when she's concerned, like, hmm, you know, she's making a mental note of everything that you're saying in the situation and is making her kind of just think, right? She has that look. And then she has the look of like, this is why I love you. And her eyes aren't as squinted, but they are a little bit open, but they're a little bit softer and inviting. So anyway, observation. 
Now back to Zenob and Cole. Uh, so towards the end of the scene, I have noted here that her eyes looked joyful. Like she hugged him. She told him that this is the reason why I love you and, you know, all of these sweet things. So we're going to go ahead and jump over to Alexa and Brennan. So Alexa is with her friends and I don't really know where they were somewhere just kind of hanging out at this big table and she says her uh, friends and her gay friends and they're all going to meet Brennan. So she says she's hopeful that her friends will like him because uh, but she's also concerned because he is a little bit different from what she typically dates. So he comes out and her friends were a bit rowdy uh, I felt and I didn't like it. Um, it put him on the defense right away. Uh, I hope she checks them once and tells them to chill, basically. Because I can't remember what they were asking Brennan, but there was basically in a nutshell, like, okay, do you like her? Why do you like her? You know, list some of the things that you like about her. But it's it's almost not in a conversational sense, right? Because they're asking questions and they're back to back to back and they're not allowing him to ask her. I mean, not allowing him to answer, excuse me. And his thing is like, whoa, okay, in a sense, he didn't say this, but his thing was like, hey, y'all, you guys chill. I, I like your, I love Alexa. I love her, and I'm, she's the one I'm marrying. Like, I'm not marrying the rest of you guys. You guys are just her friends, you know, like, get off my back. That's how I read it, because they were a little rowdy. But I was also, the reason I said that I hope that she checks them is because, obviously, they probably sat there for a minute, right? Because we only saw like a few minutes of the conversation, but I'm sure they were probably there for at least a half hour, an hour, just talking, maybe eating or having something to drink. We, so we don't see a lot and also editing, right? So there are things that they tend to leave out. So I'm just hoping maybe she checked them and told them like, oh, okay, lay off of him. I love him. He loves me. And we're going to do this thing, right? And you guys just need to trust that. So, and it's possible that, you know, the producers just didn't want us to see that. Total assumption here. All right, so we're going to go to Colleen and Matt. Now, she speaks about being nervous to react um, with his friends. What? Now, this is Colleen and Matt. Oh, so basically, it's so funny. I have here that she speaks about being nervous to react when she's talking to his friends. I believe this is when she was sitting down with his two, I don't know if they were his two best friends or two close friends or some or something, but they started talking about basically what happened the last time, but they were basically just being really nice to her. They were talking and asking her, you know, about the pod experience, how she feels about Matt, you know, about what she's learned about him. Um... And, and it's something that I noted, sorry, I'm trying to, you know, think and talk and read my notes at the same time, but pause for a second. So something I notice about Matt is although he is carrying a lot of baggage from his previous, um, relationship with his girlfriend, I believe he said that he had, They've known each other since they were 15 or 16 or something. And then, you know, later on had gotten married. And I believe, if I'm not wrong, were married for 10 years when she cheated or whatever. It seems that he and then his friends were saying to Colleen that they really don't see him date a lot. Maybe one or two women that he's been on a date with. And he's even said, he also said in this episode that, you know, he may have gone on, gone out on one or two dates and then, 
it was just like, okay, this isn't going to work. And he, he just left, right? Or he just didn't talk to them again or whatever happened there. But he said he hasn't really dated a lot. He's basically just spent time with his family, his friends, gone golfing, things that he likes that bring some joy. But I sense that he really does love deep, right? And I also sense that he really does want to be in a relationship. And he really does want to love someone, but most importantly, he wants someone to love him, right? But I feel that he gets in his way because of his, uh, his I don't want to say his insecurity, but trust. There you go. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> because of his trust issues. So because he has, tr and that's this whole thing with Colleen, right? The whole issue with Colleen and Cole, and he had trust issues with her and whether or not she was more interested in Cole and all that. So that's where all of this is coming from. And it made him, so he was getting in his own way, just like, uh, <laughs> what's his name on Married at First Sight, like to say, oh, I realized that I was getting in my own way. But anyway, so that's something that I had observed. Uh, now, she said that they have had some problems, and so his friends were like, well, what do you mean? What were some of the problems that you had? And she said, well, most, they've had two big ones, uh, but most recently was, you know, again, the, what I just talked about, you know, earlier from that night, the way episode seven ended when she went out with the girls, you know, they all decided to get together, and the girls decided to go out. And, of course, because he has trust issues, you know, he thought maybe she was getting into some stuff. And she's like, no, I just went out with the girls. So that caused, you know, some issues with them. But they, she said but they were able to talk through it and everything's good. And she said that she still loves him. But that did kind of concern her. And his friends were basically saying, yeah, you know, he has a hot head. He has a temper. Um, he, you know, he can yell and scream and get upset sometimes. But, but he is a good guy, basically, is what they were saying. And I guess in that moment, I can just see in her, her, her eyes, it was like, okay, I, can't, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but I think also that when he gets scared like that, and they were saying, don't mind him because he'll threaten to do this and threaten to do that. He ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Remember when she was saying that his stuff was packed up and, you know, I think it was twice already that he had said he was leaving. And they were saying, in that case, that's what they were saying. Like, don't mind him. He, you know, he's all talk and no action. So, but um, I wrap that up with saying that I felt that she felt a little scared. And I can see that in her eyes. So, we go over to Raven. And she's with a her friend named Queen uh, and his mom. Right. And I believe that at this point, everybody's going out to try on their dresses. I believe I'm not sure. But anyway, she's with Queen uh, and his mom. So they are all try. Well, they're going to try on some headscarves or, or turban, but whatever. But it's traditional headscarves. Um, and so SK's mom starts to wrap this beautiful gold headscarf. It's a piece of fabric and it's the way that you wrap it and you can wrap it in a, in a very stylish way uh and, and make it very flaring so basically she styled it and she wrapped it it was really pretty when she was done and um and it really matched her eyes i feel that and i could be wrong but i feel that raven wants to do something where she's able to expose her hair because i really do believe that she feels that her hair is um one of her 
you know, features or because it's really pretty and it's really curly and everything. So she would probably like to display her hair, but I guess they decided to go with covering her hair and she just wants to oblige because, you know, she wants to have, um, to honor him with this traditional Nigerian wedding. But I think that Queen, again, I don't know the relationship of who Queen is. I believe Queen is a friend of the family or a friend of SK's. I'm not sure. But I believe, believe that Queen had peeped her out. And it was funny, too, because there were some things that I guess they were talking about. Okay, pause. I, I believe that I'm not sure how it came about, about an advice, right? An advice that we would give you or if she had asked, well, what's an advice you would give me, you know, as I go into marriage? I can't remember how I got started. But I believe it was SK's mom who had said, or, or Queen, I'm not sure who it was, said something about making sure that you have um, just out on backup, right, on stock, stew, right? Which is, in other words, just make sure that, you know, as a wife, that you always have food in the refrigerator or some kind of stew, whether it's a meat stew or chicken stew or fish stew, have some kind of stew always on stock because as a traditional African family or Nigerian family, you're going to always have, you know, guests or visitors or family or friend or people that are going to always come by. And when people come by to eat, you want to make sure that you have food to offer them. Right. So that's what I believe when she said that make sure that you always have stew on stock. And they're also talking about as a wife. Uh, to make sure that she humbles herself, right? Always make sure that you're humble and you humble yourself in front of people and that, you know, in front of family, in front of friends, in front of his people. It's just a matter of respect. And the whole time, uh, uh, Raven was looking kind of like, okay, wait, humble and stew? <laughs> and she had this look, her eyes bulged out and it was, okay, stew means I got to cook. And, I, and I, if I'm not wrong, I believe that she was like, okay, I'm not a traditional housewife. I don't cook. And for me, just to have food ready in case somebody comes by to visit, I don't even know if I want somebody in my home, right, other than my husband. So I think you had that whole issue. And then the humbling herself, right, because I don't know if that's something she's down for. Again, she had that look of fear in her, in her eyes, like, okay, like this is a lot. Let's just slow this down, <laughs> you know, and let's take baby steps. Okay, so we're going to go over to Nancy and Bartise. So they are in a dance room, right? Or dance hall or whatever, because they're going to, I'm assuming, you know, have a dance um, for at the wedding reception. So, you know, they talk a little bit. And basically, Bartise says that he was, you know, off balance last week because of all the new information that he had learned. Right. And I just talked about that earlier. And, um, and I have a note here. Oh, he has a nice butt. <laughs> and also he has two left feet. <laughs> Bad dancer. <laughs> oh boy. I was like, come on now, Bartiz, you got a little soul in you. <laughs> Why do you have two left feet? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, uh, I was not surprised. Nancy definitely has some moves and she is a better dancer than Bartiz. But I digress. So anyway, so they talk about not giving up on each other. So Colin Zanob, he talks about the lock. Okay, so they are on a bridge somewhere, I'm assuming near home. And she says that there's this thing that she does when she travels or something that people do, I guess, when you travel is that you can put a lock 
I'm assuming over a bridge on the fence part or something. You can put a lock everywhere that you travel and put a lock there to significant to signif to signify, excuse me, <laughs> your love for each other, right? And that it can't be broken. Um, and that just the thought of being able to travel around the world and put a lock on bridges, let's just say, and you know, she was saying how interesting it would be with this lock that they had put on this specific bridge that they can, if they can come back a year later and that lock would still be there, which would signify that, you know, they've made it through a year, you know, and that they're still together. And that lock again is unbroken and it's still there. So, um, but he said that he did find that so sweet and so interesting that she came up with that or that she knew about that to even, you know, suggest that and that they went through the process of the action of putting this lock on this bridge. Yet he says, the only thing I've done is given her the key to my apartment. <laughs> so I love that. I thought that was so sweet. Um, now he did tell her that he had got a chance to speak with his parents and that they said that they were okay. Um, actually now with meeting with Zanab they won't still be able to make it to the wedding, but they said that they would be willing to meet with Zanab after the wedding. So if they make it to wedding day and they get married, then and then only would they be willing to meet her. Interesting. I feel bad for her. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say that he deserved better parents because that's, that's not nice to say, but I believe that he does deserve supportive parents and again I know I mentioned last week that maybe they have they feel that they've done enough right they were there with him the first time he was married and you know all of that that he went through they were supportive and um, with the little baby what was the capsule thing that they had gotten him and for him to have made it through that rough time so they're like okay look we really can't go through this twice so maybe they don't want to get close to her which is why they maybe don't want to see her or there could be some other reasons why they, they they don't want to see her excuse me i know it's been put out there some of the reasons that people feel that they don't want to see her but i don't want to speak on that because it's not my place to make that as a judge that make that assumption and i don't know what that is based off of so it's probably just best for me just to kind of skip over it but i really do believe in part that also a lot of it is they really just don't want to go through this pain again a second time and they don't want to see their son hurt so the girls all get together um and the guys all get together and i don't want to say this is this okay they get i don't want to say this is the bachelorette party uh but we'll come back to that but i know that the girls no this isn't the right so they, anyway the girls all get together now, Bartiz talks with his sister, and her name is Amela, I believe it is, and she is so pretty. They, they resemble one another, but I love her hair. She has really beautiful curly hair. Uh, and the other thing I have noted about her is she is so supportive. She says, don't worry about your friends and what they're saying. That's not who you are. You are not a superficial person. And I just have here that I love her. Um, so again, so pause for a moment. So what she was referring to is that, so he was saying that when they got their phones back and he, they were, he was taking pictures with uh, Nancy and he was sending to his friends, saying, everybody, hey, meet my fiance. And that maybe one or two of his friends was like, oh, wow, okay, like they weren't expecting her to be his fiance. Uh, but, and also number two, the family get together that they had last week at his apartment when his parents came over 
and the whole topic that he brought out of nowhere without Nancy, without Nancy um, giving approval for him to bring that up. But nonetheless, um, that whole thing about the abortion conversation and how his parents, um, you know, was not supportive of Nancy's view. Um, that is also what she's saying. Like, okay, let's not mind all that. Don't worry about what your friends say. That's not who you are. You're not a superficial person. You like people for who they are. And you have fallen in love with this woman. And she is a really good woman. And together you guys can do amazing things. Like, I believe in you. Give her a chance. You guys can make this work. And, uh, and apparently... You know, he's talked to a sister and he told her about the ups and downs that they've gone through and how he realized how much of a jerk he was and how, you know, he apologized to her and they're working their way through it. And so his sister was just encouraging him. Okay. So now Nancy mom, she's with the girls and Nancy says her and Bartiz have come a long way. And there was a lot of stuff going on, but they've had to work on it. And they've talked through it all, uh, and they are a much better and stronger place today. Now, she had said, and even Bartise had said, that once she brought her feelings to him about how she felt that he was ignoring her and he was avoiding her, and he was saying, hey, I didn't mean to, but I was also trying to process new things you know, the business partner, right, with the two properties, the ex, and the abortion thing. I was trying to process all of this stuff, and I didn't know how to work through all of that and also give you what you needed. So he was saying, my bad, I apologize. I never, ever want you to feel that way. And he was saying, I love you. I care about you. I want us to make this work. And so she, they both said that once they had that talk, they had been able to move forward and that things have been great since moving forward. And they're both happier because it's been consistent. And he's been able to love on her and give her the love and affection. And you can also see that because he's pulling, he's gone back to pulling her in and giving her those kisses and touching her and showing her affection. And her eyes are more loving and more inviting um, towards him. They're not like, hmm, you know, but anyway, so I, but that's that. Now, um, she wears her dress and her dress is beautiful. And so we go to Matt and Matt is with his friend. So yeah, so this is where they are trying on their, so yeah, okay. They, this is where they are trying on their, uh, dresses. I was trying to remember where I am. Cause remember I've seen <laughs> eight, nine and 10. So they all tend to blend in, but Matt is with his friend and he's trying on his suit. Now, I have here that I do not like that orange dress um, with her shoulder pad. I was talking about because there was they showed a clip of Colleen and she had on this orange dress with these massive shoulder pads and I, I just didn't like them. It took me back. I don't know if it's the eighties or what it was or nineties, but it just took me back. But I just have on here that I didn't like that dress. <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah, Matt, nothing much to talk about there. He was just talking with his friend about his fear and about his feelings for Colleen and wondering whether or not he gets in his way sometime and things like that. So, so let's see, where do we go to next? So SK is talking about what he's going to wear. He's talking with the guys and what uh, Raven, I believe it's talking to Cole to be exact, and what Raven will be wearing. And he was explaining that she's going to have the turban on and, you know, all this other stuff. And they're going to do a traditional Nigerian wedding, et cetera. And they're going to try to find a way to merge both cultures into one. 
Now, he also shares that he feels that he has found the right person in Raven, right? Um, to be, for her to be sensitive to the culture nuances that comes with marrying someone from, in his case, he said from Nigeria. So that she's being adaptive. She's um, trying to uh, blend in um, and be open um, to all of the changes that must be happening you know quickly right so he's just saying that he's grateful for that and um, and it takes a lot for someone to be able to adjust i guess is the word that i was looking for um but anyway so raven comes out in her dress and i can't oh i was gonna say i can't remember what her dress looks like but i remember it was very fitting it was white uh and it had a mesh in the middle and her dress did fit her nicely i mean she does have a really nice body and she said that she wants to make sure that she's very nice and sexy for her husband um and she even joked about wanting to take the mesh out you know just to kind of expose the girls a little bit uh now i also did note that her friend is a mess i can't remember her friend's name the one with the braids but uh, I don't feel that she's very supportive of SK or this whole process. Um, but as a good girlfriend, she's going to be there with her, which is what you should do um, as your girlfriend navigates through life and sometimes make um, some decisions um, that you may not be supportive of, but you have to kind of be there with them, right? So we go to Brennan, and he's with his brother, Jaden. Or J yeah, Jaden has to be Jaden. And so he's so he says he thought that she would be, well, excuse me, his brother, Jaden says he thought that Brennan would be the last one to get married. Um, and so, um, because they, I guess maybe Brennan never really talked about getting married or maybe he never really had much luck in dating. I'm not really sure. But they joked about how they thought he would be the last to get married. Um, Alexis dress, she comes out in her dress and she was having a hard time because she couldn't find a dress that she liked on a rack. And she's like, this is a no, this is a no. I don't like fluff. I don't like tool. I don't, you know, she was saying all the things that she didn't like. She's like, I'm just kind of a simple girl. I just really want just kind of really nice, simple, a nice, simple dress. But eventually she did find something and she came out in it and it was really pretty. So I'm glad that she did find something that she liked. Now, Cole and her stepmom, and I believe her cousin or someone, was there with her. Again, when every time I see her stepmom, it's hard to think that's her stepmom. But, you know, her husband, her father did marry a younger woman. But anyway, so we go to Cole and Zainab. <laughs> I'm laughing at myself because I'm trying to make sure that I remember to pronounce her name right. So Cole says that Zainab wants him to stick with navy or black because he was talking to I don't know if it's best if it's a, if it's his best man or a friend but you know he was just saying that he was having a hard time finding stuff he did find a couple of things he liked but his friend said why don't you try some other things he's like well no I don't want to do that I want to stick where you know in my zone Zainab told me I can only do navy or black and I don't want to go outside that scope because you know it's already going to be a tough day and I don't want to make it bad on her by surprising her with something out of Navy, outside of Navy or black. So at least he was conscious of that. Uh, okay. So she tries on her dress and, uh, it was beautiful. I'm talking about Zainab and she was tearing up because her adopted mom right or mom as she mom as she calls her um was there in support 
and they phoned in her sister who won't be able to travel because of something to do with flights. I'm not sure if she couldn't get a flight out or what happened, but she FaceTimed her in and so she was able to see Zenab's dress and they both cried and said that they wished that their parents were there. Um, as we remember, for those who may not, uh, they both lost their parents when they were young. She lost her father at 13 and her mom at 18. So she was just very emotional and it was just a very difficult time for her to try on the dress because I'm assuming it's the first time she was trying on a wedding dress and she would have liked to have had that moment with her parents. But anyway, so now we go to SK and Raven. Now they are back at the apartment and I guess everybody's probably back home at this point. And so SK was asking Raven, you know, how was dress shopping or something? And she was like, was well, not dress this, is dress that or something, whatever it was, I can't remember. But he was just basically asking, how was it? How was it with my mom, you know, um, and Queen and whoever else it was. And she says it was fine. Um, she said that her mom, she had brought up that SK's mom had given the advice about having the stew on stock and she was just a little bit kind of concerned about that. And then he also said that his mom was concerned with the fact that her family would not be there. Now, she's also saying, this is now Raven express, expressing back to SK, um, and she was also getting pretty emotional about this. She was saying that it's, it's not her fault that her family can't be there, right? She said that, you know, I don't have a lot of siblings. You know, it's just me. You know, and something about her grandmother is ill and she won't be able to make it. Her grandfather passed. Um, her parents, I can't remember what she said about her parents. And then she has an uncle who just had a newborn. So it sounds like, A, her family is very small. And uh, she was just saying that it's not my fault that, you know, I don't have this big family and that they just can't make it. Um, what matters is that I'm here and that I, I want to marry you, right? And, but again... SK's mom is concerned that she doesn't have anybody on her side who will be there family-wise. Now, she does have her friends, right? She has a girlfriend's, which sometimes your girlfriends are almost like family, right? In most cases, for those people who don't have family, you have, you know, your sisterhood. They are like family. So they are going to be there. But as far as blood relatives, nobody on that end was going to be there. So, uh... Her issue is that um, Raven was saying that, so when your family is feeling this way or your mom is feeling this way, you know, I want to know that you have my back and that you can back me up, right? So, and I believe that SK is backing her up. He's always appeared to have backed her up. But again, we're talking about two dynamics, two different cultures here, right? So SK also wants to make sure that he's doing the right thing. He's being respectful, but he's also wanting to also give his mother what his mother wants, right? I believe he's the oldest, he said, of him and his brother, and he's the first to get married. The, his younger brother, A.B., is not married. So he, I guess he wants to give his mother this, you know, whatever she was hoping for, you know, in her first son getting married as far as traditions and all that other stuff and, and daughter-in-law and, and everything that comes with that. But it, his mom's concern is, well, we'll be there for you. You know, we'll be there for her as well to support her. But it just kind of, kinds of, it just kind of concerns us that she'll have nobody on her side to be there at the wedding. So 
Anyway, so that's how episode eight ended. All right. Um, now I hope you'll stay with me. I'm going to go ahead and get ready for episode nine. Now I'm, I'm trying not to keep you guys as long. So I'm just trying to kind of go through these pretty quickly, um, but also touch on the areas or extend on some of the areas or topics that I kind of want to, you know, elaborate on, but let's go ahead and get ready. If you need to pause and come back, but I'm going to go ahead and get ready for episode nine on the flip side. All right. Thanks. Okay, so we are now going to go ahead and get started with episode nine. And episode nine opens up with Bartrice and Nancy. So they go to get a permanent bracelet. So Bartrice was talking about, you know, how he's going to get a, he wants to get a tattoo of his, I don't know if it's of his family or his children or, or something, but he wants to get one of Nancy and then you know, if they have kids, he wants to get his kids tattooed. But he said, for now, until we get married, I want to do something special for you. So they go to this jewelry store. And apparently, I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> so apparently there's, um, you can get a bracelet, right? So it doesn't have the latch and lock or whatever. You, you can't lock it. So apparently they, um, they bond it together. So you can't take it off. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can break it off if you want to, right? <laughs> or they can cut it off, you know, with some kind of metal cutter or something like that. But you just can't, you know, unlatch it at the end of the night every night and take it off. So it it's, does stay on your wrist. So I do like that. I thought that was kind of cool. So he says, for now, we can at least get a permanent bracelet. <laughs> so she didn't know about this. It was a surprise. And uh, so they go. And they get a permanent bracelet. She He gets his first and then she gets hers and they share this um, sweet moment there. Okay, so then we go to Alexa and Alexa and Brandon are at her dad's house with grandpa. And I don't remember her grandfather's name. And I don't know if it was her father's father, but it looks like, it could, yeah, I guess the grandfather did, well, excuse me, her father did resemble her grandfather. So I would say it's Pompey probably her father's, her dad's dad. Anyway, so they're meeting with Brennan and they said that they're there to, well, Brennan, excuse me, is there to learn about Jewish traditions. So with them saying that, well, with her father more specifically saying that, that led me to believe that maybe Brennan wanting, wanted, excuse me, to learn more about the Jewish traditions. And so perhaps he asked Alexa, hey, can we go and sit down with your dad and maybe he can introduce me or teach me some things. I'm assuming here, none of this happened, but I just kind of went off of that based on what her dad said. So her father talks about several things. He mentions the yarmulke, um, which means that God is always with us. And the yarmulke is the, the black thing that they put on their heads, okay? And it represents that God is always with you. Uh, now, the grandfather says that he wants kids. Um, kids will be Jewish. Oh, and the grandfather, excuse me, was saying that um, if when they, if and when they have kids, that the kids will automatically be Jewish, and it's because of the mother, which I didn't know that. Uh, so I learned something today. So there. So if they have kids, it's not something that he has control over. The kids are automatically Jewish through the mom. And because she is Jewish, 
Okay. Now, although she also paused for a second, I don't remember when it was. It was earlier, maybe in the first few episodes, She, when she first met him, she said that, she, oh yeah, it was in a pause. She said that she is Jewish, but she's not a practicing Jew. She says she doesn't go to all the religious ceremonies and all those other things. She's not practicing, but she is Jewish. So now her father talks about the tuba, I believe it's called, or the contract, excuse me. The tuba is a contract, excuse me. And the contract is basically something that he has to sign that says that he will always take care of her for like the rest of her life, whether I'm assuming whether they're, well, obviously if they're together, but it sounds like if they're not together as well, that he is responsible for her. So maybe I'm hearing that wrong. Um, I don't know, because I'm just thinking if you're not together, maybe if they're not together and she's not married, that he is still responsible for her. But obviously if she's remarried, then of course it would be the new husband's responsibility. But I, I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions there, but it sounds like that's what he was saying when he said that you will be responsible for her. Okay. Then he mentioned something about the Horpa, um, and the horpa is the four posts that they get married under with the fabric that hangs overhead. And the horpa, excuse me, is supposed to represent their first entry into what would be like your first home, right? So that's what that's supposed to represent. And then the breaking of the glass, but he didn't explain what the breaking of the glass was. I was kind of waiting for that because I've always known that that is a tradition. That's something that they do, but I didn't know why. And then the veil, and the veil signifies his love for her and her beauty, right? So that he will always love her in her beauty and always see her in her beauty first, something like that. Okay. All right. So that's enough on Alexa and, and grandpa <laughs> and Brennan. So we go to Zenob and Cole and they are meeting with a dance instructor. His name is Alex. So they arrive at a dance studio. Uh, they did good the teachers uh, they did good together I noted uh, they well there were some steps that they had to work on and, and they kept doing it over and over and over uh, I think Cole was really enjoying himself twirling her around but anyway it was good to see them bond together uh, she shares that dance reminds her the well the dance that she did with Cole with Cole kind of made her sad because it, it kind of reminded her that she, she didn't really ever get to have or she won't get to have that father and daughter dance now i didn't know if she meant father that she didn't ever get to have the father and daughter dance from you know when you're younger you get to have that dance with your father or she means she will not get to have that father and daughter dance at the wedding so i wasn't sure which one she meant but anyway so the couples have all appeared to be doing better outside of the group pause so what i noted here is that okay now I noticed that there's always drama when the group comes together, but I've noticed that every couple appears to be doing much better now that they haven't had like a group outing, if that makes sense, right? So for example, like Nancy and Bartiz, apparently since they had their little talk, have been doing good again according to them, right? So without me making any assumptions, just listening to what he's saying, listening to what she's saying and seeing both of their actions and, and how they're interacting with one another, how Nancy doesn't seem to be doing a lot of squinting and she 
is does seem to appear to be more in love again and how I am noticing Bartiz is not being as cold he's not in his head and he's not thinking a lot right and he is more loving towards her again like he was at the beginning where he's all over her wanting kisses and affection and all those things um, and there's a pep in his voice and stuff again so just in that observations they're doing good no interactions with the group or Alexa or anything like that to influence them they're doing good Zenob and Cole appear also to be doing good for now, right? Um, again, no interactions with Colleen or Matt or none of that drama. They're doing good. And of course, who else? SK and Raven have just always kind of just done their own thing. And then you also have uh, Alexis and Brennan who always seem to have always just done their own thing. So yeah, so everybody seems to be in kind of a good place. And that was just an observation. Colleen and Matt. And so her parents, whose parents? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I was okay. Never mind. Sorry, guys. <laughs> For a second there, I was thinking Cole's parents. I'm like, Cole's parents aren't. Yeah. Anyway, Colleen and Matt and her parents <laughs> come over to visit. And they are just such a sweetheart. And I kept looking at her dad and her mom. And I said, like, well, who does Colleen look like? And I can see she does have her mom's round face. So she does look like her mom more. I couldn't see her dad in her at all. But she does resemble her mom. And they just seem like the sweetest parents. Uh, they are just so sweet. I love them. But anyway, her parents come over and they talk about, so tell us about the you know the pod experience. How was it? How did you guys build a connection? Did you guys know, you know, how was it, you know, to build a connection with someone without seeing them, right? They were just fascinated by that whole experience. And they just really genuinely seemed happy like wow i believe they also had mentioned right that they had never met any of um her boyfriends or anything like that um i can't remember what it was that they were saying they started to say her mom started to say something initially and colleen was looking at her like what and she's like no we've never met like any of your boyfriends or anything anything serious and, and she's like oh, okay yeah yeah that's right <laughs> so um so when so anyway, so they were just talking and they were, they seemed really pleasant. They were very nice to Matt. Matt was very nice to them, obviously. Of course, you're going to be, right? It's first time, first impressions. And so the parents, especially the mom, seemed to be taken by Matt. Like, oh, wow, she's all excited, right? So eventually Matt excuses himself. He says he has to go to the restroom. But of course, he has to excuse himself to allow Colleen to talk with her parents. And so, pause. Okay. <laughs> I have noted here, and I don't know if it's just me, but when he excused himself, and it was just Colleen, her mother, and her father at the table, and her mom was still kind of going on with this level of excitement, like, so aren't you excited? What's going on? So we're going to plan this wedding. Colleen has this look of, read my eyes. I am terrified. I'm scared. I don't think I'm going to do this. She didn't say any of this. Again, it was in her eyes. It's almost like she was saying, okay, mom, dad, read my eyes. I'm talking to you. I can't say too much though, because the producers, you know, everybody's in this room, the, you know, the cameraman and everybody, I need you to read my eyes that I'm not, you know, feeling this. And so her mom didn't get it initially. But she kept talking to her mom and she was just saying there was, you know, they've had some fights and she was like, oh, about what? And so the mom was thinking it was one thing 
and Colleen was kind of edging her in another direction, like, no, we've had some serious concerns, um, some serious issues that's made me kind of concerned about whether or not I can do this, right? And so finally, I have noted here that I think Colleen's mom was finally picking up what Colleen was laying down. <laughs> because there was almost like this moment of clarity where she was like, oh, she didn't say that, but you can see the look on her face like, oh, okay. So you don't think you're going to go through with this, right? Like she didn't, again, she didn't say this. I'm just saying in her essence, <laughs> from what I was getting, it was like, okay. So now that he's not here, what you're kind of saying, and you can't say too much because the people who are paying for this whole crap is sitting here in his room with us and they're recording. And she says, mom, we've had talks like, on the phone. We've been talking this whole time through. I've shared some things with you. And then that's when her mom's like, okay, I see. But anyway, she was kind of letting her mom know, like, I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, there are some serious concerns that I have about him, uh, about his temper, about when he gets angry, about whether or not I can trust him to be there um, during rough times is basically what she was saying. Okay. But anyway, let's move forward. We're going to go over to Raven and SK. So SK takes Raven out on a date, right? Because all these couples are doing their dates. I think they're down to like the last two, three days before the wedding type thing. So they're all having their, you know, couple outing or whatever. So SK is taking Raven out on a date and they're basically going to ride the gondola, right? So SK is sharing things that he likes about her. So they make it down the dock and they get on the little boat or whatever. And um, they're basically just talking and he's saying all these really nice, sweet things about her, what he likes about her. And he's doing more sharing of what he likes about her than she is. She is interjecting at some point and she's saying things that she also likes about him, but it does seem more sincere, I feel, on his end than it is coming from her, on her end, okay. Um, she did, though, get in that she says that she loves his ambition and his patience um, with her. Um, she said in the past she was always down, um, excuse me, always drawn to people for other reasons and not for the emotional attachment. So uh, she feels that her and SK, um, or SK, excuse me, is the first person where it wasn't a physical thing, and I'm gonna add, or a financial thing, right? <laughs> um, but it, it was an emotional connection. Now, had they been outside the pod, would she have given SK ever the time of day? Uh, I think we all know the answer to that, no. Um, but the pod forced that situation. Now, I didn't force her to say yes, don't get me wrong, but um, she was already at that point. She was like, okay, sure, let's do this. And she did get to like him f for who he was, but I don't know if she is totally in it, but we'll have to see how this turns out. Okay, so call, we're going to go over to Colleen and Matt for a little bit. So Matt takes Colleen on their date, right? And they arrive at this beautiful aquarium, right? And, it's just, and she's just like, oh, this is beautiful. And you got the, you know, the fishes and everything swimming overhead. And they've got this cute little table for two situated right in the center of the fishes swimming around them. And I just thought that would be such an amazing date to go on. So <laughs> Matt asked 
basically it was just like, how are you doing? How you feel about us? You know, are you still in love with me? You know, blase, blase, blase. And she says, oh, yes, of course. Yes, I love you. I'm still in love with you. Nothing has changed. Um, I, um, you know, and then he, he basically asked her, do you feel that you can be with me for the rest of your life? And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's like, no, honestly. And she's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And he's like, no, I want you to be honest with me. And so she says that she is worried that he will not be there in tough times, which is one of the concerns um, that she shared with her mom, right? So I think, and I, and I have noted here that I think what she really needs to share with him are her fears, because pause, I think it terrified her and it would have terrified me, right? Because now we've had time to see all these episodes um, and I've taken in a lot of my observations of Matt and the moment at the beginning when they first started out and then his moments of temperness and anger and how he just kind of flies off the handle. So now I feel like I can kind of say, okay, now I'm a little concerned. I don't think that she should be with him. And I really do sense that she see she's fearful of him, right? Because she's like, okay, once we get married, and I believe that she was all in with Matt. She really did love Matt. But those two fights, it was okay, wait a minute. I don't even like Cole. Um, I was just being nice. Um, you know, we we're just ex exchanging pleasantries. You know, he was just telling me whatever, whatever. And I was just saying, yeah, well, you know, I'll, if we were out in the real world, yeah, I guess I would have given you the time of day. But again, he, she's just being nice and having a cordial conversation with him. She's not saying, you know, I'm going to dump Matt for you. But Matt is so insecure and not trustworthy because of the experience that happened in his last relationship that he is truly in his own way forget justin or married at first sight matt is truly in his own way here in this relationship with colleen uh so but anyway so he says he knew that she was beating around the bush and he's basically forcing her. He's like, just say it, just say it. Cause she kept saying, you know, yes, I, I'm with you. Yes, I think I can do this. You know, no, he's like, no, cause he sensed she was not, right? Cause she, it was not an infatuated, like infinite. So he's been like, yes, I wanna marry you. We're getting married, we're doing this. He sensed hesitation. So he's like, just say it, just say it, just say it. And he was even making me feel uncomfortable with him continuing to say just say it just say it just say it and finally she said no that and her no was no I don't think that I'm going to say yes at the wedding or that I want to marry you or however you want to look at it Whew. so and it, and it stopped you know we, we, it cut scene at that point <laughs> so so we go to Zenup and Cole and they are on a boat and they're getting ready to eat and she says that she sees husband material in him, right? And she said that they are fighting less and they're understanding each other more. Um, now, and I'm thinking about, and I was thinking to myself, okay, who are all these couples? You know, was there a body snatch? <laughs> You know, bring back the couples from, you know, the first few episodes because everybody seems to be madly in love. Like, what's going on? 
Uh, but anyway, so that was just funny. And I say that because they just seem so happy and so mad and in love. Everything's good. So I was like, okay, something, something's not right here. But anyway, I'm sure there's more drama to come. So Alexis and Brennan, so they have a date at the cinema, right? Or this theater or whatever. And basically they're sitting down just talking about their relationship. Not really much here either. And again, in all these couples sitting down, you know, having their couple date or whatever, there are flashbacks happening of the experience in the pond and experience, their experience in Malibu and experience um, coming back home. And so we're seeing footage of that. Again, everything seems really sweet with Alexis and Brennan. Uh, and I think that was probably it with them. There wasn't really much there. So Nancy and Bartise, now they sit down for dinner and I, <laughs> he talks again about his feelings for her. He's been professing his love for her continuously every time they're together. He just keeps telling her that he loves her, reassuring her that he loves her, he loves her, he loves her. He's sorry, he apologizes, you know, that there was just a lot going on and, you know, that he's happy that they were able to work through it and get to a better place. And again, um, there's that sparkle in her eyes and I know that this is not a look of, hmm, but a look of, uh, you know, you got, hmm, and Oh, so yeah, it was definitely a look of love <laughs> in, in uh, Nancy's eyes. So then we have Cole, uh, and Cole is in the kitchen cooking, right? So he is excited. He says he's going to cook for Zenab, and he, you know, he, he's got, I can't remember, there was, um, he cut up some sweet potatoes, I believe it was sweet potatoes or squash, but sweet potatoes, some Brussels sprouts, and there was something else and then chicken breast that he was making. And he had always apparently told her that he was gonna cook. And I'm thinking to myself, oh wow, I didn't even know that he knew how to cook. And just with what I had seen so far of him being able to comfortably cut up fruits and, I mean, vegetables, some men sometimes are in the kitchen and they act like they're not comfortable with, you know, the kitchen utensils and how to cut things up or season. And so he seemed pretty comfortable. So maybe he does really enjoy cooking. I just couldn't remember that conversation. But anyway, so she comes in. I don't know where she's coming from, but I got here that she's working my nerves because she comes in and he's trying to do something really sweet for her by, you know, cooking for her. But she comes in just takes over everything that he's doing in the kitchen and then nags and complains about it right so earlier and earlier on in the episodes remember i was trying to kind of take time and see where these people are coming from but what i'm noticing now with zenab is that she does have a lot of issues and she does take them out on coal granted i still stand behind the fact that coal is immature he does have some very childish um, mannerism, right, about himself. But at the same time, as I've always said, I do also like that he can be serious and have serious conversations with her. So I do like that about him as well. Now, him throwing things around the house and towels and being messy, I'm not down for that, right? I got OCD. <laughs> but I do believe that she thinks for some reason that she's his mother at times so she does talk down to him she is passive aggressive and she um it's almost like she thinks she's the adult between the two of them in moments okay 
So with that said, she comes over and she takes over the kitchen and she's complaining that the chicken doesn't look like it's been seasoned. Don't get me wrong. That's nothing to complain about. <laughs> Please season your food. <laughs> Don't just cut, take chicken out the packet and throw it on a skillet and eat it. Please put some salt and pepper. And if you want to, um, you know, take it to the next level, throw some rosemary on there, some, you know, some uh, some other seasonings, right? Lemon pepper, black pepper. What is, gosh, there are tons of tons of different seasons. I can't even think of them. But definitely add seasoning and herbs to your um, food. It definitely gives it a lot of flavor. Anyway, I digress. But so she decided to go ahead and season the chicken and she was complaining about what he was about this. And she was complaining about a whole bunch of stuff and it was just really getting on my nerves. So of course, what happens when you do that? Well, it leads into a fight, right? And in this case, I am on cold side because he was only trying to do something really nice for her. And she, I noticed that in that moment when she kind of took over like the adult or the mother, he did in that moment fall back like the child, right? Because now he's kind of playing around. He's throwing things around. He's asking her if she can make science, sounds or something. I can't remember. Then he went to get this little shooting thing and shot a ball in her direction. And of course, she got upset. So it was weird to see that switch. So one moment, he was kind of like the man, right? I'm going to do something special for my lady. I'm going to cook her dinner. She comes in. Now she's the mom, and now he's reverted to this childlike behavior where now he's playing games and asking her if she can make sounds or whatever it was. I can't remember. But anyway, just something that I observed. Now, I've got a few things noted here. She is passive-aggressive. I just said that. She does put him down. Um, I agree. She does. Uh, she is dealing with doubts about her relationships and it's coming out in other way okay so what i'm okay what i'm saying here is that she has doubts now about whether or not this is going to work right and now that they're only a day or two away or whatever she's battling with whether or not she should make the right decision right whether she should marry him or not marry him and now she doesn't have like a month she doesn't have two weeks to figure this out they're getting married in one or two days also, I really do believe that a lot of her decor, right, of where a lot of this issue with her is coming from is the fact that his family will not meet with her, right? And because the fam his family means, well, remember she said in the pod, how's your relationship with your parents? And remember her stepmom or adopted mom said, it's important for Zena to be accepted by his parents because that's an extended family that she wants to be able to, you know, take in as her own because she doesn't have her biological parents. So just the fact that they don't even want to see her, that, that cuts her deep. So there is that also, that is also the true essence of her issue here. And she, she hasn't, ver well, she verbalized it, but she's not verbalizing it as cold. The reason I'm really lashing out on you and, and, you know, we're hot and cold, hot and cold. It's because the fact that your parents know, she kind of mentions it in passing, but I believe, I could be wrong, but that's really where the core of her issue is. She's not feeling accepted into this marriage that she's about to get into. And instead she yells and snaps at Cole about every other little thing that he does. All right. So, but anyway, that's kind of what I picked up there. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here on episode nine. Again, if you want to pause and come back, I'm about to go ahead into episode 10 on the other side. 
see ya okay so here we are we are now gonna go into episode 10 now on episode 9 I didn't close it off properly because they got into a fight I'm talking about Cole and Zenob where Zenob ran out and took her back and just said she couldn't stay there for the night so episode 10 opens up with Cole running outside after her okay so they finally decide he does catch up with her he is able to bring her back in and they sit outside on the patio and so Zenob keeps saying that I, I, I can't keep convincing you to marry me and okay pause <laughs> Cole has only been saying that he loves her Cole has only been saying that he wants to marry her Cole has not said that he doesn't love her or that he doesn't want to marry her. It's almost as if she, and she said this, I, I can't keep convincing you to want to marry me. She said that at least three or four times, just in episode, um, what is it? The last episode, episode nine. And I was baffled because I'm like, what are you talking about? Cole never said anything about not wanting to marry you. Cole never asked you to leave that house. Cole didn't ask you to go sleep somewhere else for the evening. He, Cole never said any of that, right? Anyway, I move on. So she, again, remember, I just mentioned that she's in doubt. She has issues um, that goes to Cole's family appearing to not accept her because they don't even want to meet with her so there's a lot of that going on and so she doesn't know how to just verbalize it and say hey this is really what's at the core of what's bothering me and it's coming out in this if you don't want to marry me then let me know when he does want to marry her I guess I'm not sure if she wants to marry him but she keeps saying with her mouth though I do I want to marry you but I don't know if I trust that okay so the brides come together and this is their bachelorette party and there are <laughs> I, I i guess initially i would have probably had called them strippers but somebody earlier had said something about oh the stripper they're like no i'm not a stripper <laughs> so we'll just call them male entertainers <laughs> um or whoever i don't even know what to call them but anyway so there are guys there um and whatever they wear uh and they are just there to entertain the women right they're there to bring them food or drinks or whatever that they need so they bring out some drinks um, and the guys, they go out for their outing, but they are at a rodeo show, right? Okay. So the guys are about to, because I think the somebody said, hey, do you, we got, you know, people from Love is Blind or whatever. And then they were asking the Love is Blind guys, like, okay, well, well, the guys, excuse me, will say amongst them, were saying amongst themselves like okay who wants to go and chase the calves right so everybody was down except for sk sk is like okay i don't have to go and chase no calf around to show my manhood i'm good i'll just sit here and wait so all the other guys went out right cole matt um um cole matt and alexa not alexa brennan and i feel like i'm missing someone else so they all go out and of course they're all chasing the calf and the thing is to get the necklace off his neck so of course long story short we all saw it called cole excuse me wins and he tears his he rips his shirt off he's so excited right because who would have guessed cole if we all would have taken a tally right say who do you think is gonna win we probably would have said most of us probably would have said maybe matt right 
Um, I don't know if we would have said Cole. <laughs> That's the only thing. I don't know if I would have said Brennan either. But I probably would have said Matt and I forgot who the other person. Oh, or Bartiz, right? But yeah, but anyway, so Cole wins. Good for him. I'm sure he couldn't wait to get home and probably tell Zenob about that. But okay, so Nancy talks about her feelings and her love for Bartise and how far they've come. So she's talking um, with the ladies because this is, again, at the ladies get together and they're all talking about their relationships. Uh, and so she's basically sharing that her and Bartise, you know, they went through a little hump, a little struggle there, but they were able to talk it through and work it out and that they're at a much better place. Raven talks about um, kissing, kissing fishes. <laughs> And then the fish died. Um, okay. So again, she's talking about her relationship with SK, that SK had bought her some kissing fishes. And when she woke up, woke up in the morning, one of the fishes were dead. I didn't know what that had to do with her relationship uh, with SK, but okay. Um, Colleen, of course, talks about Matt and the dynamic there. We've already, um, you know, ran that into a, to the ground. And Zenob talks about how... Um, Cole's family has not been very supportive, right? And how they want to follow her on Instagram and, you know, and all that other stuff and, and look at her pictures and all those things, but they don't want to be at the wedding or support their son. Uh, so, yeah, so they talk about that. Now, she also shares with the ladies that uh, Cole had asked her in a heated argument that they were having if she was bipolar. And she said that that really upset her. And that was, remember, how episode nine had ended? Yes, as when he asked her if she was bipolar because he feels that, you know, her personality flips, flops back and forth. And he just wants her to be someone who's really sweet. Um, but anyway, so she was just talking about that. And, um, and I did note here, but honestly, Dozy, you have been tripping. <laughs> she really has. So anyway, so they now are going to their bachelorette party and, um, they're dancing and they're drinking and everybody's having a good time except for Raven, which is cool. I mean, she doesn't have to partake and, you know, touching the men and putting dollar bills down there you know, their draws and all that other stuff. Um, and, but the whole time she's sitting there, she's just looking stunned. Like she's never been to a bar or, or, or dance club or whatever. I don't have no idea because remember she had mentioned earlier in the pods that, uh, she works at a bar part-time, right. And, um, or she does bar drinks or something. I forgot what it's called, but she mentioned, so she's definitely been in those environments, but I don't know why she was so stunned, but I think she was stunned every time we kept seeing her and there was looks where her mouth was open. I think she was just surprised by some of the the ladies, I think that's what it was. And the ladies were having a good time. And, you know, they were, you know, giving men money and dancing with them and letting them grind on them. So that's probably what was taking her, you know, off guard. But, you know, it, you know, to each his own. They were like, you know what, I'm getting married tomorrow. You know, I'm out with the girls and I'm going to have a good time. And, you know, and it is what it is. So now Matt meets with his friend and they're talking, right? And I really did love his friend. I've got here, amen. I love him. I can't remember his friend's name, but he was so nice. Matt was basically letting him know that, you know what, man, 
bro, I think I got in my own head. I'm always getting into my own head in these relationships. And I, and you know, I asked Colleen, you know, how she's feeling, what she's thinking. And I, and I think she's not going to do this now. And I think I've ruined it because I've gotten so scared with trust issues and my past relationship experience that I think I may have ruined it. And basically his friend was saying, look, if you believe she's the one, then you need to go fight for this relationship. Right. And you can't keep getting in your head in every relationship that you get into. You can't just think everybody, he didn't say this, these are my words, but in a nutshell, he was saying, you can't keep thinking that every woman is out here to hurt you, right? That every woman is going to cheat on you, right? You have to trust. And so he said a whole bunch of other stuff. I didn't write all of them down, but the core of it was like, he was trying to give him words of encouragement. And, um, and he seemed like a really good friend. He was really there for him. And, um, yeah. So anyway, so I did like everything that he said. Now, um, Bartiz is talking with his friends and he's saying how he is scared and nervous. I don't believe that he's scared about Nancy. Um, but he was just scared about like, wow, this is it. Like he's never been married before. And I guess anybody, even SK, oh, never mind. Um, um, so even when you get married, you know, when you're about to get married the day of the day before, most people are nervous, right? Especially if they haven't been married before, but if they have been married before, they're not as nervous. They don't have those jitters like they do the first time. And so when he's saying he's nervous and scared, that's what he's talking about. It's not his doubt in Nancy. It's just the nervousness. Like, I'm about to get married. Like, oh, my God, you know. And so I can understand that. Anybody who's probably getting married for the first time will usually say men more of a women would usually say that they are scared or nervous. Um, now, we go to the wedding day, and it is Raven and Sekiru, which is SK. And he's about, they're the first couple to actually get married. So we're officially having a wedding. <laughs> this is so cool. So Raven arrives at the wedding grounds and she's just in her casual. She's not dressed or anything, but she has her wedding dress with her. Um, and they show again footage of them at the beginning to where they are now and all of the things that they have been through, which really hasn't been much. Uh, I'm just saying compared to like Cole or Matt, you know, or Zinnab and not Cole and Matt, Colleen and Matt, or compared to Zinnab and Cole. Uh, so she's talking, um, excuse me, SK is talking with his brother, AB, um, and his friends about his level of excitement about getting married. And, and I have on here, I really think he think he knows what he's about to do. But it's, that's what I'm going to say. I feel that he thinks he knows what he's about to get into because he sounds very confident, but we'll see. So Raven is with her girlfriends and it's so nice to see her um, emotional. And, and I'm saying that because the whole time she's sitting there talking to them, she is bawling. Her eyes are almost red and she's just, and she's just crying and crying. I don't know if it's tears of joy or you know, if she's scared or if she's probably nervous as well, right? Uh, and her friends all appear to have her back. They're like, girl, don't worry about it. We right here with you. Now, you know, of all the foolish things you've done, this has got to take the cake, right? But either way, if this doesn't work out, we're going to be right there. And if it does, you know, we're still going to be there for you. So that was good. SK's mom, after everybody's dressed, right, and the girls have left and, and Raven is by herself, SK mom goes to visit Raven because she's going to help her um, with the turban and her veil. So, and she also gives her words of encouragement. So SK comes out now, 
now we're getting ready for the ceremony, right? So SK um, is in his attire, his Nigerian attire. And he comes out and he walks down the aisle. And the bridesmaid, they come out after him. And then eventually Raven comes out. And she's looking beautiful, of course. So we get through all of the, you know, exchanges of vows and all of this and all of that. And finally, they ask SK what he's going to do. Now, I can go ahead and say it here because we've all seen episode 10, right, at this point. SK's response was, I do not want to get married or no or something along those lines. But basically, he says no. Now, they didn't even ask Raven. Well, I don't even remember them asking Raven because I believe after that, I was in shock. My mouth was open. And Raven didn't even get a chance to respond. What she did say is she thanked him. She asked him for a hug and thanked him for everything. And she basically asked if she can be excused, if she can leave. And so she left. And she, I mean, she left right then and there and walked out. And she went up to her suite. And basically, SK reasoning for why he said no is he realized that there was just a lot of complexities here and the dynamics of who they are um, and their differences, right? And some of the things that he mentioned was that, A, that the concern of his mom for her family not being there. Now, of course, he didn't want to necessarily hold that against her. But it's like, okay, that's not your fault that your family couldn't be here. But it's got to mean something that your family isn't here, right? You get it? It's not your fault that your family isn't here. But there's a meaning as to why your family wouldn't be here for your wedding day. That's, that's the heaviness in his mom and families and now SK's concern is like there's a reason for that it's one thing that they're not here but there's something behind why they're not here the other th thing is that it was his concern is was the difference in culture right Flex, uh, flexibility in her you know with him going to California and all that other stuff so let me pause for a second so the difference in culture he's saying that okay I know she's American and I'm Nigerian and, you know, with some of the stuff that my mom and my family has brought to her about, you know, humbling yourself and, you know, being, she doesn't have to be a traditional housewife, but just some regular traditional wife stuff that maybe SK would like, right? As, you know, wife who probably cooks and cleans. And I'm not saying that's all she does, but I'm just saying some of the duties that he as a husband, right? for his household and his family that he has to make sure that he does for her. He's also probably thinking as a wife, some of the things that, you know, we think of as a wife does around the, you know, the house or in the relationship, it seems like she was saying she didn't want to do any of that. None of that. Right. And it was just all about her and her needs and what she wanted. And it didn't ever appear that she would meet him halfway. I believe that. And then nonetheless, then you add on top of that, the cultural differences was probably just a bit too much for him to, um, to just kind of let slide by, right? Then you also have the issue of 
California. He, she's in Texas. He's got to go to school in California for two years. He's got to be able to be in another state on the West Coast and focus on his graduate studies for two years without worrying about what your woman or your wife, excuse me, is doing back home in the South in Texas, right? So you got to be able to focus and get those grades, get those A's or whatever, because he's also on a full scholarship, right? Because I'm assuming if he doesn't make his grades, he can lose that money or that funding or scholarship or whatever. But he wants to go there and he wants to succeed. And the last thing you want to do is to be away and be worried about what's going on at home. He said, although we didn't get this on any of the episode, that he had asked her if she would be moving to, if she'd be willing, excuse me, to move to California with him and also to be closer to him and that she was not willing to compromise. So thirdly, that was the other issue is he felt that she wanted a lot of things her way. I want you to, you know, move in with me and I want you to pay you know, at least half my rent, although you won't be living here, you'll be living in another state. I've already told you that I won't be able to work, right? This is SK now. I won't be able to work. So it's not like, you know, I'm just going to have a lot of disposable income, but yet you're still telling me, I don't care that you're in grad school and you're a student and you don't have any money because you're not working, but I need you to pay half my rent. And, you know, so he just had some issues with her inability to compromise with where he's going to be for the next two years. So, and again, probably a, a couple, a few other things that I'm leaving out, but those are some of the main things and the main reasons why I believe, and I think I've been saying this whole time, were some of the stuff that kind of added up as to why he finally decided to say no. And I don't blame him. I believe that that was the best and right decision because if he would have married her today, it still would have ended in a divorce at least within the next year because there's no way this would have made it to two years at all. It wouldn't have worked. So I do feel bad for Raven. Um, I hope that she's learned something about herself that will probably make her stronger or maybe, may, you know, maybe make her better. I guess whenever we go through things, right, we want whatever that thing is that we go through to make us a better person. So I'm not saying that she needs to become a better person, but I'm just saying sometimes when we go through things in life, you try to find the lesson, I guess is what I'm getting at. And so I hope whatever that is, she finds whatever that lesson is and she learns from that. And also, I'm going to also put that on SK, that I hope that also SK, you know, in this experience that he went through, that he also learns whatever that lesson is and that he also takes that and applies that in his life going forward, right? So I don't want to just put everything on one person. Both people are actively involved in this experience. And so you both should be able to take something away. All right. So we're going to go over to Nancy and Bartiz. They're the next couple to get married. So Nancy arrives in her casuals. She got her dress with her. And they show, again, same thing, past footage of their relationships through all the good and the bad time, through all the ups and downs, them in the pods, meeting with the, you know, the in-laws, you know, their fights, the abortion talk, all of that stuff. And then, you know, them not talking, of course. So, and them laughing constantly and having a good time and kissing all the time, whatever. So we get through all of that. Uh, now she says that she likes that they have, they have hard conversations. And I, I think I mentioned that also, I like that about them, right? That regardless of what people may say about Bartise and Nancy and she should run or whatever, again, I don't want to have anything to do with that. I'm just saying just... And 
two people being able to sit down and have hard conversations about real life on any topic and be able to come out, come out of it, excuse me, with respect still, although you probably disagree, but you are able to have those conversations and not bite the other person's head off. Now, again, you know, you may feel a certain way about what the other person said, you know, you might need a little space or two, a day or two, you know, just to kind of process everything, but you're able to have those conversations, right? That That's all that matters. Some people can't have real hard conversations and still walk away at peace. So that's all I'm saying. I'm glad that they're able to do that. Um, also, um, I don't know why I have this. Okay, I don't know what that means. But anyway, so long story short, it's about time to get married. He gets a gift from Nancy, right? And I just thought it was just the sweetest thing. So, so he opens up his little bag and in his bag are toothpaste, lint brush, men's vitamins, and cocoa butter. <laughs> now, for most of us, we're like, what? These are some odd things. Why would she get him these things? But when immediately, let me pause for a second, um, Bartise tears up, right? And he's ex he excuses himself and goes to the men's room. And he shared that the reason he got so emotional is because, you know, although they've been through a lot and they have these hard conversations and sometimes they disagree, they were able to work through and get to where they are. But in the midst of all those big moments, sometime in life is about the little things. And just that she can remember those little things and that's what makes a difference. And he's, I don't remember the issue about the toothpaste or the lint brush, but she, he mentioned about the vitamins, about how, you know, once they were in the real world and, you know, she would ask him, did you take your vitamins today? And he would say, oh no, I forgot. He said he would end up taking her women's vitamins. <laughs> so it was just funny that she got him his own men's vitamin. And I just thought that was so sweet. I can't remember the reference of the cocoa butter. I really wish I could remember the lint brush because you would think maybe she had a pet and he, you know, I, mean, I have no idea. I can't remember the lint brush. I can't remember the toothpaste, but the vitamins I just thought was so sweet. So uh, he said that's when he, he, I mean, you know, he's just, he's, basically just kept reiterating that he's just so in love with her. And uh, basically, in other words, he's just happy that um, he gets to share the rest of his life with her. We'll have to see what happens there. Now, I said that um, Bertice is a good guy. I really do believe that he is a good guy. Uh, he means, well, he's young, he's 25. Um, if you're not 25 yet, you will be someday. And if you're over 25, we know what it was like to be 25. I'm not 20. I'm, I'm way over 25. Okay. I just have a little girl's voice. I can't help that. It's just who I am. But, um, we've all either will be 25 or have been 25. And we know what it's like to be in your early twenties or mid twenties. Okay. And sometimes you're going to make mistakes. Now, yes, he is 25. But I do believe, and I've said it, and please don't hate me, but I really do believe he's more mature than Cole. I do like that him and Cole, yes, can have serious conversations and hard conversations. I do like that. But I do believe that Cole is a lot more immature than Bartiz. Also, Bartiz, yes, there are certain things. Bartiz, you shouldn't be saying. You shouldn't be saying to your wife about another woman being a baddie or being hot or whatever. You shouldn't do that. I mean, always compliment your wife and give her hot praises. I mean, high praises, excuse me, right? Same thing with Cole. You can't be telling your wife she's a 9 out of 10 and give other women a 10 out of... Again, these are things you do when you're young and immature and you still have a lot of growing to do. 
But I do like that. Um, I do believe at his core, he's not a bad guy and he really doesn't mean any ill intentions towards Nancy. I guess he's just trying to find his way. Again, I try to look for the best in people. And sometimes in life, we all have a lot of growing to do. Some people are still growing at 40. Some are still growing at 35. Some, some people are still growing at 60. It's just life, right? And it's whether or not your partner is going to be willing to be patient and, and grow with you. That's all. I'm going to get off of that. Um, it is also important to give people the benefit of the doubt and try to always see the best in them. And um, yeah, so anyway, I'm just going to leave it at that. I try not to just go by what other people say or what people are saying on social media. I just kind of like to believe what I believe in my heart about a person, whether it's on TV, whether it's a friend in life, whether it's a co whether it's whoever. I just want to just get to know a person and see them for myself for a little while, make my observations and then make my judgments from then or from there, excuse me. But nonetheless, I, 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 I digress. <laughs> so, um, Bartie's mom comes out, right? Cause he's getting ready to, to go down the aisle to meet Nancy. And, um, Nancy is with, and, and Bartie's mom basically just gives him words of encouragement saying, you know, she supports him. That's her son. I love you. Um, and whether you decide to go through this or not, or however things turn out, we are there for you. All right. And Nancy is, um, now before Nancy with her dad, I may have left it out. Her mom met with her. Her mom is so sweet. And, um, Nancy reminds me of her mom a lot, the energy, the look, all of that. Also when Nancy speaks, she reminds me of JLo. Like she kind of has that playish little girl tone or voice in her when she speaks but yeah something about that but uh and that her dad came with his um new with his wife which is her stepmom and they both were there to give her encouragement and um you know just were positive words of affirmation just to encourage her and, and get her to um, her wedding day and, um, and just basically really just to let her know that they support her. So she, her dad walks her down the aisle and we peeped her brother. And I was thinking, what is going on with his tie? I don't know if he decided to tie his tie and, and just leave it halfway. It was just a hot mess. There. Or maybe it's a style. Maybe because I'm, I'm not a guy. I don't know about it. But it just seemed awkward. Like it just wasn't knotted, right? <laughs> I don't know. But um, Bartiz cries, you know, and I believe that they exchange vows. And then Netflix leaves us hanging on a cliff, okay, <laughs> with uh, where uh, they are about to say whether or not they decide to uh, get married or not. So this is where we're going to end here. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I would guess, but I don't want to do that because that happened last time and I was wrong. <laughs> So I just want to take a moment and just say thank you. We have come to the end of our podcast. Okay. Okay. So officially we have arrived at the end of our podcast this week. And I want to take a brief moment just to thank you for your time and engagement. Uh, if you can take a few moments to give me a five-star rating, if you agree, it would be very much appreciated. Um, the rating does help other Love is Blind listeners to find the podcast. And again, thank you. Come back again next week when we do this. I believe the next few episode or the next episode, excuse me, drops on November 9th. Please check your Netflix listing. Um, but other than that, please come back and let's do this again. Have a wonderful day and thank you. Bye-bye.